E-S-N-Y. Saturday, folks. Uh, we're back. We're back. Uh, and we got a special guest with us this time. Uh, we've got a uh, third head of the dragon. Uh, please say hello to uh, the latest member of the Yankees Mets Express family. This is Yoshi Atkins, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, man? Good. I'm happy to be here. Like I just said, my name is Kiyoshi. I'm happy to be here. I was on another podcast a couple months ago, but obviously that's in the past. I'm happy to be a, a nice addition. I, I like to think a, an addition to the Yankee Mets Express. I think um, when Josh and Lean were talking about potentially coming on, and you mentioned that this was your baby, and you know, I just hope I can, like I mentioned you guys before, I can just I can just be the fun uncle. So here we <laughs> all, go. All, all the good presents that make way too much noise at Christmas time. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, because the baby deserves it. The baby it, does deserve the it. Baby it does. does deserve it. Speaking yeah. of how how's uh how's your bun? Riley's great, thanks. She's uh she's teething a little bit. Uh, we tried right. to take her for a walk to get a bagel today. That didn't work out too well. So then uh, she and uh, she and her mom turned around. I went and got the bagels and came home. That that was okay. pretty much it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. My bagels taste bagels taste good though. Yeah, she's fine. She's two <laughs> she's two months old. She's a baby. It's what happens. Uh, we got lots to cover today, folks. Lots of uh, things, good and bad, happening in uh, in Mets world, uh, and it's also Super Bowl weekend. Tomorrow's Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, it is. Uh, so, right. uh, so lean. Where should we kick off? Super Bowl or Mets? What do you think? Let's leave the best for last. So Super Bowl, even All though right. it's a baseball podcast. Okay. Uh, so the Mets are once again in in the press for all the wrong reasons. Just when you think we're putting the Jared Porter story to bed. A giant report drops on The Athletic. It was Katie Strang and I think Britt Garoli. I, I forget who the other co-author is. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. Uh, former Mets manager, current Los Angeles Angels pitching coach, Mickey Calloway. Oh, boy. It, yeah, man. Lots uh, of inappropriate texts uh, again and just some inappropriate touching allegations as well. It's like the Mets never learn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really, it's not a good look for the organization that at this point you have two stories dropping like this within like weeks of each other. Right. Um, I personally think it's not a great look for Sandy Alderson either, who was, Mm-mm. you know, basically the man in charge during both of the hires. And uh, what kind of, what what makes me say this is that uh, in the article, if I'm sure that like, you guys have read it or at least know, like, you know, get the gist of it. Mm. And it was mentioned like various times that this was one of MLB's worst kept secrets that Mickey Calloway like was, you know, had a history of doing, you know, committing this kind of behavior. And then uh, for me, that's another red flag on Sandy Alderson and the fact that he seems right. to be a poor judge of character, I guess. Um, Kiyoshi, what's your immediate reaction to this story? Or what was it, rather? It's been a few days. Uh, I was, it was disappointment. And if you, like you guys have mentioned before, uh, in previous episodes, like this offseason for the Mets has been quite interesting. They, they get a new owner. They make this trade for not only Lindor, but Carrasco. Things are looking up, but then Jared Porter, the situation with Jared Porter happens, situation with Mickey Calloway happens. And it's 
kind of very much like very like stereotypical Mets because there's very very a big high and people are you know talking about the Mets for all the right reasons and now they're talking about them for all the wrong reasons. Right. So it's it's, it's just the latest volume of brand new season, same old Mets. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, I mean, one could say that you know all press is good press that they're out in the headlines. There's going to be more attention drawn to them, but sometimes that attention can be can be negative. It's like the classic first grade teacher asking the hyper in class, "Do you want negative attention or positive attention? <laughs> Pick <laughs> which one." Right. It it's very disappointing because it's 2021, where four or five years past the initial round of I guess of I guess Me Too. So like people know right now, like you're going to get busted if you have a history of inappropriate behavior. And yet it's almost like a compulsion that they continue. Yeah, it's, man, it, it's just ironic because like, what's like, at least Kiyoshi, you and I are both dudes. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing we learn on the playground? Like don't hit girls or like, don't get too rough with girls. But then like, once you get older, so apparently sending inappropriate text that that falls under that the okay umbrella. Yeah, I've always, I've always wanted to know like what goes on, and obviously people who do this are sick. But like, what? Right. what how are you? It's very obvious that these women are not even a little interested in you. Why are you? What are you doing? And Josh, literally, what you just said with me too, with everybody getting exposed, and like some men just keep doing this. It, I really, it's something. You, I don't you think that once a certain amount of people get caught, that everyone kind of has to get their shit together in that right? In that regard. Right, exactly. It's so weird. I think um another thing I was thinking about is to a certain degree, if a bit of power dynamics. Think about mm-hmm. Mickey Callaway. He's a manager. And not for nothing, not that it should make a difference. He's also a good looking guy. So you have. I mean, I don't know about that. I've seen him in person, but. I mean, I mean <laughs> as, as another, as another bearded fellow, I can, I can respect his beard. You, you gotta, you gotta show solidarity with the, with the beard brotherhood. Not, not, re- but to, to, to a very, to a. a Does the beard brotherhood claim Mickey Calloway? To a, to a, to a limited extent. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to claim all, all the way. I mean, <laughs> appropriate text messages then it's like nah nah you you, you gotta go bro you gotta go right but again canceled. i think it comes down to, to 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 power he you know he was a mess manager they had a relatively okay season last year he thinks he can do whatever the hell he wants and he thinks that he's going to be protected when in fact he wasn't Kyoshi, that's, that's a go ahead go ahead no no i'm just gonna say just really quick like if like that that's not messed up even though you might think you're you know part of my language but hot shit you kind of have to check yourself and kind of understand boundaries and understand that no means no no that's a it's a great point that you brought up the whole like power thing because josh and i kind of touched on that when we were talking about jared porter that's the issue with these scandals the men like they literally they think they're invincible and they're untouchable they could do whatever they want because they do have some sort of power and the women unfortunately you know that's a whole other issue of itself but women in baseball don't have power so they know they're quote-unquote superior so they feel like they can get away with this stuff and unfortunately a lot of times they're right but it also kind of made uh, had me wondering uh lean you probably remember this uh, better than i do uh, two seasons ago, so 2019, uh, there was some blow up in the Mets locker room with uh, Tim Healy, who was who I, he right now he's with Newsday. I forget who he was with back then. Maybe it was still Newsday, but pretty much like 
Callaway cursed at him and then Syndergaard or Jason Vargas like tried fighting him. Yeah, yeah, it was Vargas. Yeah. Right. So um, like, so it just kind of goes to show like Mickey Callaway, he's acting very inappropriately around women, both by its by a text and in person, apparently. Like mm-hmm. se- like sending shirtless selfies as well. Right. And yet, like a fight oh, almost breaks out sure. in his club. And almost and also on top of that, like a fight almost breaks out in his locker room between a player and a member of the media. So it also goes to show, or, make, or not goes to show, it makes it makes you ask the question, be it as a manager or a pitching coach, what kind of example is he setting for players? Oh, absolutely. Especially as a former player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, that definitely, that was a, it's funny that you brought that up. I'd actually completely forgotten about it. Like mm-hmm. that fight, that was such another big red flag like okay the Mets were in a really crappy place at that point we understand and the whole team was frustrated but like what what are you doing why are you out here cursing out reporters I and was, then like you said your player is you know getting into a, a whole brawl with a reporter I was co-hosting another uh, baseball podcast when that happened and I said to my host I think we recorded like mere hours after it happened and and I said like how is how is he like not automatically fired at this right like, like if I think I, like, everyone assumed he was gonna get fired after right because right. like Kiyoshi Lean I don't know about you guys but if I'm owning a team if or if even I'm just the general manager of a team if right. I find out that on my manager's watch a player and a member of the media get into it I'm calling him right in my office oh, I'm yeah. saying to him like why shouldn't I fire you right now this is oh, terrible yeah. exactly oh yeah yeah I no I I definitely agree I know there's going you know back decades there's always been a sense of tension between athletes and reporters but like Mm -hmm. it it shouldn't even get to the point where fists are being thrown yeah and like chairs are being thrown like what no no. yeah right and and it's and look Let's just call let's call it how it is. Baseball to this day, and probably will be for the near for the very uh, immediate future, it's a boys' club. Like, for sure. Yeah, and that that goes to the front office, the media, on field. Kim Ang and Gene Afton, the Yankees assistant GM, those are they're exceptions, not the rule. And I feel that, yeah, like hiring Kim Ang to run the Marlins, it's a good first step, but just with Mickey Calloway alone there's so much more that needs to be done. Like what, like, I want to hear from the both of you, what do the Mets have to do to make this right? Josh, I love how you, what you just said that, you know, with some women that are accomplishing what they're accomplishing in baseball, Mm -hmm. uh, but like, there's so much more that needs to be done. You see them and you celebrate and it's huge, you know, especially even for guys, you know, cause it's, it's nice to see whatever. And especially for women, you know, like me makes me happy, makes my fellow uh, you know, women in sports happy. Mm-hmm. But then these stories break out and it's just like the ocean is so, so deep. It's like this, you can see mm-hmm. like the light at the top and it's barely just, you know, gleaming. But all of the issues are just, it just sinks like dozens of feet into the ground. And it's just, it's so frustrating. Um, but with regard to the Mets. It's, 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 uh, sorry, Lynn, before I go forward, it's kind of like, sort of like a one step forward three steps back sort oh, of situation. Oh, absolutely. Right? That's, oh, that's right. exactly what it is. Um I was just making sure I understood you correctly. No, no, that's it's literally what I'm saying. Yeah. Um and with regard to the Mets, um 
I honestly, I don't even, this kind of goes into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is Trevor Bauer. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's actually perfect I, to marry the two together. Yeah. Uh, so like for me, I think the first thing for the Mets to have done would be to not get Trevor Bauer. And okay, Bauer is not coming to the Mets, but it's still not a great look that they were so desperate to get him. Um, and I don't know if like you guys saw the, apparently there was a lot of division in the Mets front office yep. because they felt like they were being hypocrites. And me like, uh, Kiyoshi, you, you're, you're new, so you don't really like know my opinion on Bauer, but like um, Josh knows that I have very strong opinions on him both on and off the field. Um, I wrote an extensive article yesterday about why I didn't think the Mets, mm. that I thought the Mets basically dodged a bullet when I, Bauer I've made I've, I've definitely heard your opinion on it. I think it was like yeah. one or two episodes ago. I've definitely heard your opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like, yeah, on and off the field, I'm very anti-Bauer. And um, I what, what happened with the front office, I actually mentioned that in my piece yesterday. I said that it's very hypocritical. First of all, the Mets are just getting themselves into trouble with both Callaway and with Jared Porter. And then after the Porter scandal, Sandy Alderson's out here talking about culture change, culture change, whatever. We want to make a change. But then you go and you're trying so hard to sign a player who has done, first of all, like let's put the locker room cancer argument on the side, who just like was harassing a woman on Twitter incessantly and then his followers went and harassed her and he did nothing about it and just he just doesn't really know how to interact with people online it's it, for me you know that wasn't a great look and I think that a lot of work needs to be done if they want to like they need to put their money where their mouth is and show they're actually about making a change you know mm. no yeah. and, and I and I definitely agree with you to to your question Josh about what the Mets need to do I think if possible, what they could do is if they had, or if maybe they still can, sign a woman to a front office position to kind of go yeah. in the direct opposite direction that they were going in terms of Mickey Calloway in the show. Hey, we understand the, the value of women within the sports field, within, within sports media, um, or even maybe uh, do like a fundraiser for domestic abuse or for sexual harassment to show that the Mets get it, that they're not they're not just firing him just because it's a bad look, but that they really understand the the impact that that the organization has. And I think more importantly, the Mets just need to win. I mean, I feel like they're they're well on their way to having a good season. They look pretty stocked, and honestly. They didn't need Trevor Bauer. They already have Carlos Carrasco, who they just who they just got in a trade. You know, I'm pretty sure Syndergaard's coming back. Yeah, back like June, Toronto. July. Yeah. Okay, he's coming back in July. Okay, boom, midway through the season, that's fine. Jake Degrom, you just said. Right. Uh, they, got, they got Carlos Carrasco. Um, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. They don't. They trade away Stephen Matz, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah, he's he's on the Blue Jays now. He's on the Blue Jays. I th oh, they also Marcus Stroman. Marco Stroman. So they they didn't need him, and I think right. even to get him would kind of show that they that they don't really get it because having him would having Bauer would be a luxury. I mean, hell, the fact that the Dodgers got him that's a luxury because they just won the World Series. Right. So it like so even I'm even I'm looking at the Dodgers like 
y'all y'all know that even though he's a great pitcher, Cy Young Award winner, he comes with baggage. So you're basically so it seems like the, the Dodgers, even though I know this is a Yankee Mets podcast, which is really quick, it's it's kind of making me look at the Dodgers like you guys value his numbers, his, his stats, versus, which aren't that good to begin with. Right. I mean, don't get I mean, me started. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're decent, but also like off the field, like you guys have mentioned, he's not the most upstanding person that you want to be a represent representative of your team. It's a very hard needle of thread for the Mets right now, because like they already got caught with their pants down once with Jared Porter. And now like before they could even like button the fly back up again, uh, they, the pants fall down again when they realize when everyone realizes Mickey Calloway is a sexual predator the Mets pretty much knew about it. Everyone knows about it. Like we said, worst kept secret in baseball. And mm. they didn't really do anything about that. And then all this Trevor Bauer stuff that apparently divided the front office. Josh, um, just, just to backtrack to what Kiyoshi just yeah. said, um, you and I talked about this last week about um, how Sandy Alderson in his uh, meeting with the media, he kept talking about how there are no women in positions of power in baseball. There are no women in the front offices. And uh, I, I, I called him a hypocrite for that because you've been in the game for so long. Why don't you hire a woman? So Kiyoshi, definitely, I think that, um, especially because Alderson has brought up this point multiple times in the past, I think that would be a really, really good first step to put a woman in a position of power in the Mets organization. Um, but yeah, let's, let, let's, let's shift to Bauer. Um, uh, r- real quick, real fast. Like I just yeah. touch on what, what Kiyoshi said. Um, first off, like Sandy Alderson, he's not going anywhere because with Jared Porter now gone, he's unfortunately the closest thing they have to a general manager this year. If he steps down amidst another scandal, then like the Mets, they're in no better position than they were before Steve Cohen took over. For sure. Yeah. And like, in terms of hiring a woman, yeah, you could, you could do that, but then it runs the risk of coming off as almost overcompensating. So, Josh, so, what do you what do you suggest then? Because I you you make a fair point, but it's just like I don't even I think, know what they could do. I think that the first thing that they need to do is they need to look at their PR team, at their community outreach, and ideally now now this could also look overcompensating. You got to put a woman in charge of that. Yeah, you, got, you have to mm-hmm. look. You have to look in the neighborhood around Queens, around the surrounding area. Look at some local leaders who are women. Meet with them. See if they have anything to say about it. Just yeah, up your outreach. It's like community base. Yeah. Definitely. Instead of just like just talking and talking and talking with all these canned PR statements, go out and actually listen to what people right. have to say about this. Don't try to make like fix it with a band-aid solution. Have that long, uncomfortable conversation that ultimately leads to you being better. Of course. I mean, the Met, the Mets have had a crap reputation for how long? Like fifth, like ten-ish years, something Too like long. that. Too long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and like, what better, what better way to show that you're serious about it this time and, instead of like hiring a woman? Like, okay, great, but what are you, what, what's she gonna do? Right. Right. So you got, you got to make sure that if you hire a woman, not only is she qualified for what she's going to do, you got to make sure that she, that like the people who hire her are also serious about getting better. I mean, right. th- that's the thing, because um, like, obviously, point. you know, it's it's very hard to believe that teams, you know, actually care and they just like care more about their image. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's just definitely if you want to recommend like hiring a woman, that would be the 
first step on a very, very long to-do list. Right. Uh, Josh, like you said, and honestly, a really important part of it is the is character assessment and things that we don't see. Like if you, you need to be able to get references for people for, and like judge characters way better. And that's not something that the public can see. You need to be able to handle this stuff behind the curtains way better. I wrote an article about the Mets hiring practices in the aftermath of Jared Porter going down. And I said, like, look, let's say, for example, that the Mets decided to hire Billy Owens, who's a black man who's worked for the Oakland A's for a long time. Hmm. Uh, the question they need to ask is like, OK, yeah, he's good at his job. What's he like when he's not in work mode? Like, exactly. What? So, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And if and if like people don't have an answer for that, that's a red flag because. And, you, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, if people, if you work with someone for X amount of years and don't really know how to describe him when he's out of work, that should raise at least one red flag. Yeah. And something that we like completely forgot to touch on. I don't know if you guys saw this in the article. Apparently the Mets had known about Callaway. Like they found out, I think it was like 10 months into, like after they hired him to be a the manager so that's another just like what, what are you what are you even doing here like if you want to pretend like you care or show that you care you're gonna have to do a lot of work because not only did you hire these guys you also knew about it at least in Callaway's case it kind of makes me um, wonder if if the Will Ponds and we'll throw Sandy Alderson in this conversation too since right. he used to work for the Will Ponds and, and also Steve Cohen Right. Are the are the Mets hiring the guys who are best for the job or are they hiring the people who they like Oh, yeah, that's a very fair question. Yeah. Because yeah, also, I, it's not like Mickey Calloway was this, like, great manager either. He was really bad. So he just... I mean, I mean, he, he, had a he had a reputation as a sterling pitching coach. Yeah. And, like, and probably still did up until uh, up until the story came out. Yeah. Oh, let, let's touch on this real fast before we go to Bauer. Then we'll put a pin in Calloway. Yeah. How about the fact that um, because I'm guessing it's because of various legalese in his contract uh, the only reason MLB is investigating him right now and he hasn't been terminated and is just on suspension from the it's Angels he, yeah. is denied any wrongdoing. And I'm like, my man, there's screenshots. I know. Yeah, but like they're saying, oh, he could have like faked the screenshots. Like, man. I can't even fake a screenshot. Dude, I, like, it's it's absurd. It's so dumb. Yoshi, can you fake a screenshot? I, no, I, no. I mean, there probably is a way, but that's really complex, but... No, I, I sincerely doubt that Mickey Calloway is going to devote Mickey Calloway. Mickey Calloway is going to devote the time and energy to like scanning text to his computer and then photoshopping a bunch of shit to make himself like look innocent or whatever. I don't know. Right. Also, like these women guilty. literally had photos of him. Yeah, it's the, the shirt, the selfies. Yeah. There's just there's just so much. And the Mets admitted to knowing about this. Like there's just so much that, you know, is like, OK, he's so guilty. Uh, let's go back to Bauer. Kiyoshi, this is something I think is that I think you are, uh, are champing at the bit to talk about because you brought it up earlier. If the Mets didn't need Trevor Bauer to begin with, why'd they even pursue him? I think, sorry about that. I, um, no, you're good. Hmm. I, I, just because he was out there and we've seen what Steve Cohen has done in terms of the trade for trade for Linder and Carrasco. We've seen the moves. You've seen like the big splash plays that have, have gotten the Mets back, I guess, on the good graces in terms of the media. Because if you think about, and sorry to say this, Lean, if you think about New York baseball media, 
Yankees are the, are the big brother, and the Mets are the, are the little brother mm-hmm. for decades. Like, I know well, why'd you hate, apologize hate to me? Clean, but like, I'm a Yankees fan, bro. Oh, okay. Well, then forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. So, I think having Trevor Bauer is like another big splash play. Former former Cy Young pitcher, controversial, outspoken. You know, wears his heart on his sleeve. It's it's a big splash play, but then. I mean, like you mentioned, if you kind of look into it a little bit, it's like how how good will he be for the team and for the team's image? And I think in a in a day where social media presence is ever more important, and I think being socially conscious is a bit more important nowadays. To science, you have to like look into that, whether for good or for worse, for, for better or for worse. You have to look, you have to look into that. And I think I like to think that the Mets were thinking like, here's a guy who uh, was a free agent. Um, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a free agent, you know, on the market, taking all taking all callers, t- taking uh, taking all calls. And I'm like I said, I'm just I'm glad knowing what we know now that the Mets didn't really get him, even though it would have been nice right. to have. We didn't re- we didn't need him just like we didn't necessarily even when we signed um Tyone like I was like oh okay this is this is great we didn't per se need him but it's like okay this is great um Tyone and and Garrett Cole go back so now he has a, a friend on the team we obviously re-signed DJ LeMahieu uh, sorry the machine which I feel like we needed to do which I'm glad that we did um you know, I think the jury's still out in terms of whether we're going to resign Brett Gardner or not. But, you know, I think it was just a, a, in my mind, in my mind, and maybe you guys can shed some more light on it, just a way for the Mets to kind of grab the headlines and to grab more attention because more attention would just, would, would I think would increase the media coverage and kind of rule the back page to, to drum up hype. That's just my, my thought process, my theory. I fully agree that the Mets went after Trevor Bauer because like they, they wanted a flex. That's what it was. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to just flex on top of what they already have. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit. Um, I, I agree with what, like what's behind what you're saying, but like when you say he, they don't need him, the Mets do have a rotation spot that needs to be filled um, Syndergaard, Josh, you mentioned this before. Syndergaard is going to be back halfway through the season. Um, and the Mets have made it like incredibly clear that they pursue another starting pitcher because right now that rotation until July is at four guys. And there's like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But wait, you got DeGrom, you got Cookie, uh, Stroman, Joey Lucchese. And then, yeah, that's one spot. But no, actually, take out Joey and put in David Peterson. He might not even like be in the rotation. Uh, mm. So mm. Okay. yeah, so like okay. it's they, they but th- that's what I'm saying. Like they even say that they want another starting pitcher. You know, so they're just thinking, and we're trying to like go out and contend. So let that extra pitcher that we get be the best available pitcher, you know, because, and also there's like, there's a question mark on the futures of all of a bunch of these guys, Marcus Stroman. It was already a surprise that he even agreed to come back this season. So you don't even know what's going to happen with him in the future. Noah Syndergaard, 
Are they going to extend him? Are they going to deal him? What's going on with that? Plus, you don't know how good he's going to be after coming off of Tommy John surgery. I mean, I don't think you need to worry about about Noah Syndergaard being good after Tommy John surgery because it's not it's not like a pitcher's death sentence like it was uh, some years ago. That's true, but like, but Josh, like, let's say they're contending, right? And like, we obviously, I, I know you have this concern, Kiyoshi, you probably do too. I know I do with Luis Severino. I'm sure none of us think that he's going to be bad when he comes back, but is he going to be vintage Severino? The same oh. question, you All know, right, this, yeah. the same question applies to Syndergaard. Yeah. He's not going to be bad, but is he going to be his normal, like Thor self, you know? Right. Um. So I think that's, that's why they wanted to go out and get Bauer because there's just a lot of question marks around the rotation. And again, mm. they need to fill another spot, at least in their mind. Um, I personally, I actually made this comparison in my piece. And, you know, you guys, if you want to shed some light on this as well. Um, uh, the, another free agent pitcher, starting pitcher is um, that's available. Um, hold on. I'm going to pull up my... Uh, my thing this is the suspense is killing me lean but lean really quick while you're looking that up i will say i do agree with you about uh syndergaard and severino coming back and how honestly i just uh at me being optimistic maybe being maybe a a tad naively optimistic that severino is gonna get back to old form but we we really don't know i'm i'm hopeful same thing with syndergaard we we assume is going to come back to to form just because of how consistently he how consistently good he was before he went on the DL. Right. But you know we don't really know. We're we're hopeful, but you're right that that is a, that is a very good point. And you know I guess we're just going to see how things play out. If uh yeah, so if you guys want to like pull up the numbers, see for yourselves, Jake Odorizzi is available, right? And literally, I'm not even kidding you, almost all of his numbers are either comparable to Bowers or like they're in some cases even a little bit better. So it's just it's just mind blowing to me that like people are making these giant offers to Bauer when he's not even an elite guy. Like I mentioned this in my article too. I looked up stats. You guys can literally go on fan graphs and check it out right now. I looked up stats for starting pitchers for um, from 2015 until present day. Mm-hmm. Bauer is nowhere to be seen at the top of these lists. Like I literally was command effing just to like see, and I would type in his name to see where he'd come up. And he's just, I would have to go to like either page two or three to see him, you know? I'm, I'm pulling up, no. I'm pulling up Trevor Bauer's baseball reference page right now. Cause I know baseball reference is kind of garbage, but they do have a page for the Bill James similarity scores. Mm. And let's see his closest pro comparison. Uh, okay. Here it is. Yeah. Scrolling down. Yeah. The, oh man. Okay. The top five I'll give you in terms of similar pictures, in terms of similarity scores, top five from one to five in order. Chris Young, Mike Fires, Ben McDonald, who used to play for the Orioles back in the 90s, Sonny Gray, and Tanner Rourke. The closest guy, because there's 10 players on the on this immediate list. The closest one to a um to an ace is Patrick Corbin. And he's and he's number eight. And you could also make the argument, oh, like uh vintage Matt Latos. Oh like there's gosh. no like of all like the similar pictures, there's no number one bona fide ace. Like Dude. maybe who? No, not even Julio Tejera. No, like there's no ace. Not even. Yeah. Like 
oh, this is exactly what I'm saying. He, oh, I, I don't even think it's an exaggeration when you say that he's one of the more overrated players uh, in the entire league in the mo- in more recent years. It's it's mind blowing to me. He definitely deserved the Cy Young award for sure, a hundred percent. But like, dude. And like you, you can't blame Bauer a hundred percent. I mean, you you could call him overrated, overhyped, but a lot. He like if you look at his FIP, he's got a three point eight five career FIP, which the, uh, for those uh, who are unaware, that's fielding independent pitching. So you can't uh, put the high ERA entirely on Bauer, but he's not the ace top of the rotation guy that everyone's making him out to be. Yeah, exactly. Like a three eight five FIP does not warrant a hundred and two million dollars. You know, right. like. The top it, of the, the best of the best don't make that much money. Like, I think you'll I think you'll both agree with this. Pe- uh, teams this offseason, we'll throw the Mets in there too. They didn't they didn't want to sign Bauer. They got caught up in the celebrity that is that is Trevor Bauer. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Josh, like, does I he want to be a baseball player or a celebrity? Yeah. Take I pet. even I even touched on that uh, towards the beginning of my piece. I said that uh, Bauer. A lot of the attention he gets is because. He is, he's become that celebrity guy. He's one of the faces of baseball, whether we want to admit it or not. Mm -hmm. He interacts with his, with the fans um, more than basically any other player. Uh, And he even says it's my mission to become the face of the sport, to be the most recognizable brand in baseball. So that's definitely a huge part of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, Kiyoshi. I'm a hundred percent with you there. I don't think he's going to become that. He even says like, my mission is to become a billionaire. Like, okay, Trevor Bauer, whatever. But Look, if he wants to be a billionaire, God bless him. Like I, I wish him luck <laughs> in that pursuit, but like at the same time, like <laughs> you, do you want to be a ball player or a guy who just like roasts and zings people on Twitter? Right. Like what do you want to be like a 12 year old? Exactly. And it seems like he's trying to do from what you guys are saying like he's trying to do both i mean i know in in uh, in an age of increased social media you can kind of do both i mean i know of um a couple of of athletes that try to have uh i guess a personality outside of their sport you could even look i think there was like um i guess the first one that kind of popped into my mind i don't know why i'm not sure if you guys follow mma i know we're gonna go on a slight tangent there was this fighter john fitch who had oh, yeah, I know John separate, Fitch. Yeah, who had it? He had it. He had a, a completely separate Twitter page because he was un, into Dungeons and Dragons, which I thought was kind of weird. But then it also, when I thought about it, it it added like a bit of complexity to him that he's not just a fighter that eats, mm-hmm. sleeps, and breathes in the gym. He has a hobby that he dedicates a certain amount of time to outside of the sport. And I feel like Trevor Bauer is trying to trying to be trying to be that personality outside of the sport. I think there, I, I remember seeing something else on Instagram about about women that he that he like dates or like rules for when he goes on dates about like you know he can't talk about oh my his God, personality. Stop. It just seemed it seemed yeah, so pretentious. So it seems so pretentious. Oh gosh, like was... bro, we all know. You're a starting pitcher. I don't know that, you know, you're at that point. This was like, I think maybe a year or two ago. You're hot shit. Cool. That's also why I think. Just leave it at that. Like No, but Kiyoshi, you, you just touched on a great point, actually. I think that for as much as Bauer likes being that celebrity guy, I think that's also a big reason why he didn't come to New York. Because as easy as it is to be anonymous here, like once the sports press gets a, gets like, gets word of where he hangs out, he's going to be mobbed left and right. And I can tell you right now, I've never met Trevor Bauer, 
I don't know like how he is like when the cameras are off. Like I only know how he is like when when he opens his Twitter. But I think that he would he wouldn't have enjoyed that. He doesn't want people bothering him mm-hmm. like they do in New York. Even though Kiyoshi. it seems like he wants that interaction. It seems like he 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 wants interaction with his Twitter followers, but then it seems like what you're saying, Josh, is that he kind of shies away from it. So you can't like have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Right. Kiyoshi, yeah. You just touched on some great points. Like for for first of all, like I think having another personality it, it like you know that's not like off the field I guess it definitely adds complexity mm. to like the player and in a lot of cases it's cool you know to see what guys are like off the field or off the court or off the ice whatever mm-hmm. but um with Bauer the problem is that just he's so problematic about it because if you if you want to look at Bauer objectively okay the guy he definitely does a great job in educating people about pitching and about the science behind pitching. And it's fun for fans to watch. And it's- on top of that, sorry to interrupt, Lane. Um, Cause like for as much as we like to chide Bauer for being a jerk on Twitter, every once in a while he tweets something out and makes an excellent point. Like just talking about all the union negotiations and how the owners are billionaires who are crying poverty and showing no respect for the players. Yeah, I know that we like to say how he's a misogynist, how like he may or may not be a Trump supporter, but like every once in a while, like he says something goes like, no, 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 no. Like the players are fully in the right on this one. That, that's the issue with him. He does a lot of good, especially with regard to the growth and the promotion of the game. It's just that, and Kyoshi, the last thing you just said was also, it was a really good point that he it he does want to interact with the fans and that's why he's so active on Twitter and I don't have Instagram but I'm assuming on Instagram as well but then right. he goes he's like the most thin-skinned athlete in the game he just if one person dares to say that they don't like him or they think that he's slightly overrated he will come for you you know and it's like you like what you said yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it too and I definitely going connecting that to Josh what you said this would have been an absolute recipe for a disaster in new york it wouldn't have ended well and i do think he was scared of that in california he's going to not just a team but a city who will gladly stroke his ego yeah. whose obsession and with celebrity oh yeah yeah and mm. whose obsession with celebrity mm-hmm. is well known and not just that it was probably a business decision on his end too because i just remembered clayton kershaw's contract is up after this year there you go. We we completely forgot about huh. that. There you go. Yeah. Hey, we we might be onto something here. <laughs> so Kershaw, his contract's coming up. He's fairly. He's like in his early thirties, right? He's in, he's he's not super old, but remember he debuted really young. Also, we can't forget that he his body. It, the game's taken a toll on his body lately. Yeah, his so. back's acting up. Like he has yeah. he hasn't thrown two hundred innings since twenty fifteen. Right. Yeah. There you go. I'm trying to find his his um. He's definitely. We do know that he's not the next ace of the Dodgers rotation. That no, spot seems not. to be reserved for Walker Bueller. But yeah. yeah, Josh, that's a that's a really good point that we didn't even think about. Yeah, Kershaw. He's a Kershaw replacement. Oh, my my fellow Pisces brother, March nineteenth birthday. He's a. <laughs> He's 33. His uh, his next birthday, March 19th, okay. and his con- and his contract is up after this year. Yeah, and which isn't which isn't old is is not old for pitchers, but considering how he's been the workhorse for the yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, years, 
mm-hmm. like yeah. that and Adrian. So maybe, maybe, you know, hot take, maybe Bauer is trying to be the next ace on that team. He's well, banking at least at least the number two. At least the number two. Yeah. He is I think banking. I just mentioned Walker Bueller is definitely the ace of that rotation and Bauer right. is not gonna, you know, take that from him. But yeah, maybe number two. Didn't Bueller throw a no-hitter fairly recently or, like, was part of a combined no-hitter, too? I think he was. I don't think so, Josh. Here, here I'm going to uh, – Google Walker Bueller no-hitter. Was that a thing? Yeah, I'm actually trying to figure – trying to find that out right now. The combined I mean, no-hitter, Josh? I think be, you're talking about the Angels. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first thing that pops up, Walker Bueller starts Dodgers' first combined no-hitter in franchise history. Wait, when did they have that? This this past twenty nine? No, twenty nineteen. I think. This oh, oh. This article's oh. from Mar- uh, May fourth, twenty eighteen. Oh, that was the Mexico game. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh. oh. Right. I, yeah. Nice memory, Josh. Yeah. But, shout out, shout know, out to B- Google. Bueller can strap. He's really good. He, he's better than Bauer, that's for sure. So. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it doesn't blow up in the Dodgers face. Cause like I'll, cause another, I thing that I, another thing I want to touch on right now, if Trevor Bauer couldn't get along with Terry Francona in Cleveland, what makes everyone think he's going to get along with Dave Roberts? Oh, that's, that's yeah. That's a really good point that no one is talking about. Also, can I, uh, can, can I mention something real quick about yeah, the, the New York media? Um, I don't know about you guys, but Lean's like, going on a media your- rant. I love to see it. Let's do it. <laughs> Media rent from Lean. Let's freaking go. Let's go. (laughs) So, so like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing on Twitter a lot about New York, like baseball writers and reporters kind of going off on the Mets. They're like, oh, Mets gonna Mets. They miss out on JT. They miss out on George Springer. They miss out now on Bauer. And I'm just sitting here thinking like what the Mets have looked the best that they have in so long. And they actually have had one of the best off seasons of any team in the league. And you guys like they fixed, right. And they're, they're probably not even done yet. Like they got their catcher of the next few years. They got Francisco Lindor. They fixed their bullpen. They kind of fixed their rotation. Like are just because they missed out on the most overrated player in baseball means that the season, the off season is a failure. Are you kidding? Like people just want teams to spend money for the sake of spending money. And it is so appalling. I mean, it was only a met. If there was one guy that was going to make New York sports media sound like even the worst parts of Yankees and Mets Twitter, of course it was going to be Trevor Bauer. (laughs) Yeah. like It's it's almost, I almost kind of like, I'm kind of shocked. We didn't realize that earlier. Right. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but let's because we're shifting into the Yankees now. I, I'm kind of happy that sometimes you know I'm a little hard on Ka- on Brian Cashman. Josh, you know this. You're hard on okay. Brian Cashman. You're hard on my main man Aaron Hicks for no reason whatsoever. Right. Blatant disrespect of Hicksy. It's, wait, wait, it's wait, wait, Kiyoshi. This is important. What's your opinion of Aaron Hicks? I I like him. Um, <laughs> I'm vindicated. I like I like him. I think I like his, his swing is is um. Both I think close. there's something on on the on a, it was a couple episodes you said that he he's a good contact hitter, but he's a contact hitter that tries to always hit for power. He's a contact and, hitter who's trying to be Griffey. He is, right. and, and that's his problem. It is right. a and problem, but he's also taking those walks. But which is which is, which is great. Don't 
make oh but bro the fact that he walks okay kiyoshi it helps but that doesn't make him the guy that everybody wants to make him out to be i'm sorry okay he was great last season i will admit he had a great year especially towards the end he was getting on base. He looked like he wasn't do, trying to do as much as usual. But mm-hmm. still, like, come on, bro. He, he, you can't. He's not one of those guys that you're just like, you feel confident every time he comes up to the plate. He's not the guy that, you know, ad, ad, analytics people try to make him out to be. That Josh that you try to make him out to be. No. Blah, he, blah, 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 right blah, now. blah. Let the hater hate. Let the hater hate. Okay. Okay. So I'm... I guess as the designated stat guy. So I noticed, I noticed something interesting. What's that? So Aaron Hicks batted his, it seems second, no third lowest in his career last year, but had his what second highest walk total last year. Yeah, because yeah, like he hit 225, had an on base of 379. His weighted on base average, which is the new batting average, apparently, 351. Yeah, yeah. That's what mm. saved him last year. Even though his batting average was trash, he was getting on base, he was doing things correctly. So, you know, that's awesome. And Josh, we talked about this last week. If if the Yankees decide to roll with him, at least out of the gate, to be the leadoff man. I'm not a fan of his. I don't have a problem with that because it kind of yeah. worked last year. So yeah, that that's and the and the wild thing is that that's crazy enough to work. Is that right. you know if he if you just tell him like yo don't hit bombs, get contact. If you don't see something you're not if you, like just like um remember for like a season or two we had Nick Johnson. Yeah, and we were mm-hmm. and we were primarily we were all in his dick because he had this crazy on base percentage. You know, and he yeah. and he batted first and then he came to the Yankees and did damn near nothing well nick johnson nick johnson people forget actually came up with the yankees oh yeah yeah he wow yeah he came up yeah he came up with the yankees and was considered like the heir apparent to tino martinez at first base this happens to the yankees all the time yeah well in in johnson's case he hurt his wrist in the minors and was Mm. never quite right after that right and it's just he was a wasted talent that's all sad stuff uh anyway but uh hopefully like the yankees biggest problems because we don't have a lot of time left so we'll we'll touch on this the yankees problem recently has been injuries but their new trainer eric cressy finally sat down with with uh meredith morakovich on yes network and it sounds like he's got some really good ideas uh lean why don't you uh, drop the bomb on what is happening yeah, apparently um, the big boys, uh, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, are doing less weightlifting and more yoga. I don't know about you guys, that has been like one of my punchlines, I guess, for the past two years. I've been saying that nonstop. Like, why aren't these cats doing more yoga? Stop lifting weights. I know nothing about like any of this stuff, but it's very obvious that that's what they should be doing. Prioritize doing yoga. I don't know, guys. Do you think that this means that they're going to be able to stay on the field more? I said, Josh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was gonna, I was gonna crack a joke. You go ahead. I'll crack my joke later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll lob it up to you. So I think when I think about that, it, it got, it, I kind of, in a weird way, thought about myself because I never, because I'm not sure if you guys know this, but a little known fact about Yosh, I also play rugby. Oh, nice. So, so remind, remind me never to get into a fight with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm a pretty chill person, but, you know, 
but anyway, um, I always kind of looked at yoga as honestly, and this is where my, I had to check my own massage. I'm like, Oh, you know, that that's for, that's for women and ballet dancers. And I started to realize that one of the things I have is really tight hips and mm -hmm. what helps with really tight hips. Yoga. Yeah. And one of my teammates who is, I want to say he's about seven or eight years older than me and way more fitter, way more athletic. Way Wait, more rem flexible. remind me, how old are you? I'm, I'm 32. All right. He's, yeah, he's like pushing 40, 41. All right. And actually during, during a quarantine last year, we would usually, he usually has like, we have like a little workout group and we like work out in the park in Morningside Park. Nice. Josh. Yeah. Right, right around park. the corner. Exactly. Boom. And long story short, when, you know, when, you know, the pandemic hit, he started doing these yoga classes and every single time it kicked my ass. And I kind of, when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, let me, let me check it out. It's something to do. You can't really go anywhere. It kicked my ass. <laughs> so to hear that Satin and Judge, as much as we, you know, love the long ball and they, their exit velo was like 130 miles an hour. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather them be healthy and better batting average and hit doubles than hit uh, uh, Kiyoshi, what, uh, check your mic connection. Like, You're not coming in very clear. Uh, your mic connection's not coming in very clear, dude. Check, check the if you're plugged in. All right. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. Now I can hear you better. Okay. Sorry about that. Little no technical difficulties. Um, I like I was like I was saying. Um, I'd rather stand and judge. If 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 the power numbers dip a little bit, fine. If they're if they're if that means that the batting average is going to go up and they're better with men on base especially for Stanton. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Especially, especially for, especially for Stanton. Cause I feel like he's, he's a serviceable outfielder. He, I mean, we can all be better. He, he could possibly be better. Well, anyway, it's, or, they've already said that he's not going to play the field anymore for like the most part, because you know, they want him to stay healthy. So he's basically right. our like DH moving forward. So. Yeah. Right. The, the, I kind of yeah, yeah. figured that. Yeah, but to tack onto what Kiyoshi's saying, if he and Judge are doing yoga and like the odds of him playing the outfield in an emergency mean that the odd that the odds of him straining something are a little bit less, then I'm okay yeah. with that. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh yeah, I mean but I, I listen, I, I love I love to see it. I I think this is a very smart move because if, if you think about, you know, athletes, we usually, you know, are doing cardio and running and yep. but now to mix in, but now I feel like the modern athlete, quote unquote, is getting smarter and saying, hey, let me do Pilates. Let me do yoga. Right. All the things that aren't necessarily associated with masculinity and associated with uh, athleticism. Yeah. Like, Yosha's hit, hitting the nail right on the head in this one because, like, I know, I, I, I know that we like to goof on yoga, but, like, I'm almost 35. I got, like, my knees crack, like, my, my back hurts. Old but man. like, and like, I haven't worked out nearly enough during the pandemic because I got because I got used to going to my buildings, uh, my building complex's gym, which is now closed. But like, I yeah. actually have DVDs of uh, 
have yoga DVDs because you guys probably remember the pro wrestler from back in the day, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, yeah, DD, yeah, DDP Yoga. It DDP, saves people's lives. That DDP Yoga, lives. yo, I'm gonna say this right now. Pardon my French, DDP Yoga fucking works. Hmm. Like, I remember I did it pretty consistently for about six for about like six months at one point, okay. and I was actually able to do a push-up for the first time in years. <laughs> right. So if so, like if Judge is doing Push-ups yoga. Are tough. Push-ups suck. Push-ups are so very I, So tough. I get it. I totally get it. And yeah, but and it kind of makes you realize, oh, like Judge and Stanton, they're these big, muscly guys, but they've got no flexibility. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, it's been very obvious just with Judge and Stanton's injuries. These guys are skipping leg day to a certain Dude, extent. Like most mm. recently, mm. Judge literally was sidelined for ages because homeboy was wearing the wrong type of shoe on Tampa Bay's turf. Like yeah. that's, that's problematic. You know, it's just like you get caught wearing the wrong shoe for a little bit and then you get injured. Like it's problems like this that we're going to hope that the yo like consistently doing yoga can fix and address. More, more importantly, more importantly, what's like the, what's like the locker room dynamic going to be with a uh, judge and Stan doing yoga? Just these two massive guys taking up space in the clubhouse. Dude, I hope everyone yoga. is roasting them for this. They'll, they'll probably have, they'll probably have like a, like a little cooler for like cucumber water. Off oh the my gosh! Which only, which is only, underrated, not for nothing. No, it's only vegan food allowed. <laughs> <laughs> underrated. But I feel like, and also, uh, lean to get to your point about having having not having the proper footwear. As someone that has played on multiple surfaces, if your feet hurt, you you will not play well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially especially with baseball, where. I say half the time you're standing and you're standing and waiting. You need yeah. to have a comfortable footwear. Yeah. Now, now I want to. Now I want to know, like, like if how many guys, how many Yankees players over the years playing at freaking Tropicana Field in Tampa? How many? How many guys aren't playing well there because their feet hurt? Mm. Oh, mm. yeah. We should do yeah. a survey. Yeah. I, I'll enough. I saw on Twitter, like, I think I think someone tweeted out. Um, I think it was Mark Feinstein. Oh, like give us your burst, give us your uh, your worst baseball take. Here's mine. I like the trap. <laughs> and I was just like, Are you serious? <laughs> oh man. Uh, I've never been there. I yeah. I hope the Rays have a new stadium before I need to cross theirs off my list. Mm. But yeah, hopefully Judge Stanton, the whole team, uh, everyone gets hurt a little less yeah. this year, and hopefully they all enjoy oh, yeah. doing yoga together. Yeah, yeah and, and maybe bodies. this could like start a revolution in of quote unquote revolution of baseball players and more athletes kind of breaking their own misogynistic bullshit, part of my language, and doing the yoga. Like, hey, this is gonna keep me on the field longer. This is gonna it's gonna help, you know, especially for your hips. I feel like you for baseball, you definitely need hip strength. Yeah, you know, turn turn on a pitch to keep keep your hands in, especially for first baseman that need to dive and potentially do splits to, to, to catch that, especially off the hot corner or from wherever. So I think if more people were to embrace yoga or at least the, not, I'm not going to say alternative medicine, but things that are more restorative, because I feel like yoga is definitely restorative and, and can, and definitely good for, for rehab. Kiyoshi, so. That's a great point. What you said about like potentially starting a revolution, because mm. like, Judge and Stanton, 
two faces of the game. And like what we, we've been talking about for a few minutes, they're both huge dudes, you know, very masculine, like buff guys. Right. So, like, Former you know, rookie of the year, too. Yeah. And, and they're definitely great examples for other baseball players. You know, it's like, OK, like it's not random people doing yoga. It's two of our game superstars, whatever, mm. whatever you know and two exactly. big guys as well so exactly. yeah hopefully more and more players begin to embrace this and 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 not for nothing just really quick before i know we probably need to go into the next topic is it just me or do you guys think that john uh john Carlos saying swing is a little i don't know like quirky or i don't want to use the word weird because it's a blanket statement but like wait he kind of changed his swing though are you talking about his new swing oh he changed it because it seemed like his old swing what he would do is that he wouldn't he wouldn't like follow through he would like stop almost like three quarters way it's almost like he swung with his wrists and not his whole arms right it's like it's almost like he's yeah Yeah. it's like he swung with like his wrists and like part of his hips like he just seemed like his whole body wasn't into it it just but if he changed the swing, I think all three of us should go watch tape on that. Yeah, I would love to, and then we should like talk about it more next. Maybe episode. we can make that next episode. But I do tape think sessions. I do think Josh and his injuries, like you know, made him alter his swing a little bit, and I think he actually mentioned that like explicitly. Mm. So yeah, yeah, we should definitely watch some tape on yeah. that and then yeah. reconvene. And now, in conclusion, folks, the moment you've all been waiting for, it's time for Super Bowl predictions. Uh, yes. Yo, who you got and why? So, really hype. I wore my Giants shirt. I know, I know the, obviously, the podcast or audience cannot Ooh. see this, but just, I'm wearing my Giants, wearing my Giants shirt. Josh, you're outnumbered. I'm ignoring both of you. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, Josh. don't tell me you're, don't tell me you're a Jets fan. No, I'm a Ravens fan. So random. How? Right, sir? bro. He used to be a Raiders fan. Yeah. Can you believe me, that? me too, but that's mainly because I have family in Oakland. But I, I was seven and I thought the logo was cool. <laughs> yeah, you Jeff, know, the Raven quote, right? Yeah, I get it. The whole dark. Well, well no, no, the, the Raiders logo I thought was cool. The Ravens, oh, yeah. I was, the Ravens, I was like, I love defense, they draft well, and I hate John Gruden. So, <laughs> except they now have him, and you know, we'll see how that goes. Okay, so yeah. Super Bowl pick. I I'm picking the Chiefs mainly because they have come back in the playoffs multiple times, multiple points down. At one point, they were, if you guys remember from last year, they were 21 points down and won by, I think they, I think was, they think they won by 10. I think it was like 10 or 17. Aaron, I'm pulling up last. Yeah, they were, they were tied at 10 at halftime. After three, they were down. Uh, they were down 20 to 10 and then the Chiefs scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to win. Exactly. Boom. Right. So, and I think this game is more indicative of like a passing of the guard. And I think it would be so interesting to see, let's be real, a black quarterback that's under 20, that's that just recently turned 25 to get his second Super Bowl in a row. I think to see that, that shift in terms of what the NFL looks like that, you know, Brady had his run. We all, to to certain, to a certain degree, we all kind of like hate on him because, you know, he was good looking and always won except for, you know, the the three times against NFC East, especially to my giants, just throwing that out there. (laughs) Um, So yeah, chiefs all the way. 
I think it's going to be a really fun game because I don't think we've seen a, we, I think potentially we might see a shootout in this game, which we haven't necessarily seen in the past. I think this could be like whoever gets the ball last. And I think I'm, I'm going to bet on Patrick Mahomes. What do you think, Josh? And Lee? Uh, I'll, I'll go last. Lean, what do you think? Oh, wait, oh, 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 wait, wait. Here's you. Uh, score prediction. Oh, score prediction. Ooh. Okay. So the over under is, I think I saw was 50. 54 and a half, six. I think. Yeah, I think the over under was like 56. So that averages about like 28 per. I'm going to say 30, 24. 30, okay. 24 Chiefs. All right. Lean, who you got and why? Eli Manning is not playing in the Super Bowl, so I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got, That's how we playing this? Okay. Eli's overrated. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, I'm man. sorry. You're an entire Ravens <laughs> You don't want to go down this road. You should please <laughs> not entertain week, him. He's a Ravens week. fan, bro. Next week we'll go down this road. No, okay. No, okay. Okay. I'm going to remember this. <laughs> It's it's Tampa. Giants fans hate me, and I love it. Uh, so Tampa twenty seven twenty four MVP Tom Brady. Okay, so for my pick, Kiyoshi, I agree with you. I think we're going to have something of a shootout, mm. but I think no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes, he's twenty five years old. He's the hands down MVP this season. Oh wait, no, maybe Aaron Rodgers. And he's yeah, not, yeah. I, yeah, you can't, Either, you cannot deny him. Either, either way like Patrick Mahomes is the future of the NFL sorry Lamar I love you Patrick Mahomes is the is the Tom Brady to Lamar Jackson's future Peyton Manning um I think Lamar that, Jackson is not even gonna come close to uh, I, I I just meant like in terms I just meant in terms fine. of like the rivalry balance yeah. you you call hmm. Eli Manning overrated and, yeah, so, you go and say okay. Lamar are you Jackson serious sir oh, lean, lean don't make me mute you like I did last week <laughs> Oh, we really? Y'all anyway. Okay. Anyway, we, we take away your powers to do that. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that it's going to be a shootout. No disrespect to Patrick Mahomes. I think Tom Brady is out to prove that he doesn't need Bill Belichick to win. I think that after a very back and forth game, Tom Brady leads the game winning drive. And Super Bowl MVP Mike Evans makes the touchdown catch. Ooh, that that was my runner-up for Super Bowl MVP, Josh. The Good Bucks call. win. The Bucks win thirty-four to thirty. Mm. Okay. Okay. It's going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I and I got one of my best friends from college is a Chiefs fan. One of my best friends here in the city is a Bucks fan. Uh, I just want a good game above all else. But if I got to pick one, I'm gonna Bucks win thirty-four. Cool. No see. Listen, don't sleep in that that Chiefs secondary. They're very much underrated. And people I, yeah, but also still people sleep aren't on talking enough about the Buccaneers defense. Yeah, Shaq uh, yeah. Barrett's legit. Yeah. Shaq Barrett, Devin White. Bro is disgusting. Yeah. My brother actually thinks Devin White is gonna be the MVP of the Super Bowl. I would love for Devin White to be the MVP. That would be sick. No, I'll I'll give that to you. Buck the Bucks front you seven. No, she stopped is- sleeping on our boy, JPP. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I'm you know you what? Know, JPP. Happy. Yeah, you know me. I'm happy with JPP. But yeah, see, you know me. when he <laughs> won a championship, when the first time he won a championship, he had all ten of his fingers. Just throw that out there. <laughs> yo, yo. Like I yo, listen, y'all yo. forced me to do this. I Dude, didn't want to. You got You got to take it easy. That was my favorite <laughs> player, bro. You like no, I love him too. Like we got him at like as a rookie, he he won a That's Super Bowl. You, you, that cannot be up. that cannot be undersold. Yo, Josh muted himself. 
Josh Moody. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's crying. He's dying over here. Oh but but on, on the on the on the real tip, I will oh, gotta hit that, you that, 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 that the okay. that the that the front that the Bucks front seven is is very talented. I think the bigger question is can the the Bucks secondary keep up on all those weapons? And as we have seen, because this game has happened before that Tyreek burned them for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. So I think that history might repeat itself. And even if you double Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, there's still Sammy Watkins who, who's, who's available. There's someone called Hardman who's available. If the Chiefs actually decide to um, commit to running the ball, you got uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who's making a, a great impact as a rookie. Yep. Le'Veon Bell, who we all thought he'd win a championship with the Steelers. Look at him with the Chiefs now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm glad so, you brought up the running backs because that's really going to be the X factor. Because if, yeah. if the which Bucks team can, can get, run the ball better, if the which Bucks can get Leonard Fournette going and control time of possession, then they're going to win the game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, don't get me wrong, and I, Josh, I, I would assume that you'd agree. Um, like I definitely, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, the Chiefs don't have a shot. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Chiefs won. It's just that like. I'm. I don't feel comfortable bet, betting against the greatest of all time. You know, that's just. And I don't know. I feel like we've seen this movie too many times. So. Yeah, I mean, right. and, we, and we also to, know that Tom Brady can be beat. We know that by, by Eli Manning. We know yeah, that Tom exactly. Brady. Eli Manning twice. We but know yeah, that Mahomes. Mahomes is no Eli Manning, my guy. Uh, because well, he's well, better than him. We'll close and I can on say this. That as a Giants fan. We'll close on this. This is actually a really funny story that, that kind of pertains to what we're talking about. Okay. You guys remember that movie Ted that came out? Like yeah, with yeah. Uh, yeah. Farley as the foul mouth yeah. teddy bear. Mm-hmm. So like I saw that movie in theaters with a guy who I used to know. And like there, there's the, he's like a huge obnoxious Giants fan. And the um and there's a line, oh yeah, Tom Brady could have beaten him. And then in a crowded movie theater, this guy top of his lungs couldn't beat Eli Manning twice. Oh, legend, <laughs> legend. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's Just incredible. Insane. Yeah, but we, we now know that like, oh, like the Patriot system, we've seen this season, Tom Brady maybe was the system. So yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, uh, that's going to be all for today on Yankees Mets Express, folks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh B-E-S-N-Y. Uh, Kiyoshi, uh, are you on social media? Where can people find I you? I am. So... You know, I'm happy to be here again. My name is Kiyoshi Atkins. You can find me on, I actually have Twitter on, on Twitter. You can find me at, at it's Kiyoshi, at it's underscore Kiyoshi, sorry. On Instagram, you can follow me at it's Yosh. Um, like I said, I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this. And um, yeah. Lean with you. Well, we're super happy to have you. I already, I already followed you on Twitter, and I can see that you already have a gift from Kim's Convenience, a phenomenal show. So, right. anyway, yeah, anyway, I'm just, I'm just stalking your Twitter right now. I just no, no, out, I, no, I you. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, you know, come follow me. All, all the nonsense that uh, so sometimes add, I post. I actually add, posted. You posted what? Sorry, no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Um, there was a just real quick. There was a thirty for thirty, um, on ESPN about. It's called Ala Davis versus the NFL. And what they did is that they put, they made Pete Rozelle and Al Davis into like deep fake characters. They put like, they like put their face on someone else's body and it looked so fucking weird. 
like I know what they were getting at. I know what they were trying to do and, you know, trying to, you know, try to interpret what they would have said years later. It just looked so weird because they both passed away to see that. Yeah. But that's one of the things you can find on Twitter. Check me <laughs> out. Say what's up. Yeah. Done. And uh, I'm at Josh B E S N Y and uh, lean your turn. Lean underscore Amin. Follow all three of us on Twitter. We're so happy to have Kiyoshi on the show. I've Finally got a great balance. Three uh, three heads of the dragon. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. And as always, stand clear at the closing doors. Yeah.